Waking Wraith, Chapter 2, Food and Sorcery, written by Alexander Campbell, narrated by Alexander Campbell. Whilst waiting for Katie to open the door to a student's house, he looked around as if he was MI5 assessing a venue. There was one in a line of pokey thrown up properties next to a busy dual carriageway. The neighbours didn't have curtains but sheets. You couldn't tell if they wanted privacy or they were hiding the inside. Plaster had cracked off, exposing the bare brick. And all of the roofs were uneven from one another. According to the letting agent, it was a student's palace. It was getting dark and the hallway was near pitch black. Katie said under her breath, still tight with electricity. Music boomed from upstairs and the TV was on in the living room. She called out, hey everyone. A voice in the living room replied, hey, I'll be out in a minute, just watching the end of a show. She walked to the kitchen. She was hungry and needed a glass of water. Her father paced behind. She slugged a pint of water while her father opened a cupboard and cried, Bear, Katie, you have Italian blood and you don't cook. He looked through the cupboards and pulled out two tins, a tin of tuna and a tin of mixed vegetables. You're living like you're in the trenches. Dad, it's not easy being a student. There's little time and I'm broke. He searched the rest of the kitchen. Each time he opened a cupboard, he sung, Oh my, oh my. She hoped he wouldn't check the fridge, but he did. Oh my, not even rats would live here. He was interrupted by a young male voice who said, Hey, I haven't seen you in ages. Where have you been? He had emerged from the living room. He wore a once white t-shirt that had been dyed a pale blue, a beaded necklace and a silver triangular pointy eyebrow piercing. His slender stature cowered towards her father. Mr. Peruzzi answered, Do you not know? He replied, No, Katie's hardly ever here. I assume she's been away. Where have you been? He answered abruptly, In hospital, in a coma. Whoa, no way. I had no idea. If I'd known I'd come and seen you, he said, taking a few steps closer. It's all right. I wasn't good company. I slept for two weeks, she said. Closing but unintentionally slamming the last cupboard, her father said, What do you guys eat, huh? Dinner time warms a house and brings people together. Well, what is your name? He paused, allowing himself to catch up and answered, Benny. Benny, tonight you eat. I'm going to take Katie shopping and I make extra. You'll survive for at least another week. Benny was delighted and said, I'll cancel pizza then. Roaming the supermarket aisles, Katie's father perused the fresh vegetables and meat section. She said, Dad, we don't need to go all out. We're only students. Buy from the frozen. Ugh, I can't believe you're my daughter. You need to know what good eating is. All of you are malnourished. Benny would blow away in the wind and even Sammy would try and eat him. She laughed and asked, How's Sammy? Missing you. She's peeing in the wardrobe and crying all the time. Even after I fed her. Ooh, make sure you close the door. She claws them open. Such a pain. I forgot she could do that. Need to play and stroke her. I used to do that all the time. What am I? Sammy's babysitter. Come on, Dad. I know you love her too. She makes me miss you. I need you to come home more often. She watched her father fill the trolley with carefully considered items. She smiled endearingly at him. He always believed most problems could be fixed with good cooking. She noticed a young man who was following them. Each aisle they walked down, he happened to be there. She ignored him. He wasn't her type. Darling, they've got cannellini beans. Not a bad store. As he picked up the carton, he saw a young man staring from the other end of the aisle. Ah, you've an Amara. She pushed the trolley faster. How do you know he's not yours? Ha, he's giving you the death stare. Dad, you're freaking me out. It's the stare I'd give when I was young. It's the look of a hunter spotting its prey. Stopping the trolley, she said, No wonder it took you years to find mum. You must have been having women run for miles. He laughed and said, Go and talk to him. He's keen. What are you, Dad? My pimp. This is normal. It happens all the time. 
guys follow me home from the bus stop, they follow me to lectures, and they follow me in bars. It freaks me out. He stood in front of the trolley and leant on it, trying to appear calm. He said, you never told me this. No, because you go mad. Hmm, he said. Then he walked briskly towards the man. Katie cringed. He tried to say, don't, but it was too late. Hey fella, what you looking at, huh? The young man almost crumbled. Katie's father stopped a few inches from his face and waited. The man dropped a can of mixed vegetables. Looking him up and down, he yelled, Ah, a student. You need to eat properly like my daughter. She's hungry like you. And he pointed to her from the other end of the aisle. She dropped her face into her hands. Hey, the best I can do is take your number. She's so fussy, she's probably not cool. We can always hope, huh? Good man. And he ruffled his hair. She cringed. The man sheepishly dashed out of sight. He returned triumphantly displaying the number on his phone and proudly said, It was a good kid. Shy, but harmless. The ones that follow you from the bus stop? No. I'm going to stop that. Where does this happen, Katie? She smiled and said, Why now, Dad? I've been at uni for three years. I thought you were okay. Work has been hard. Running a restaurant in this economical climate is tough. I'm here now. I don't care about money. You need me. Dad, you've got to keep working. I don't need you to do that. I've got to take responsibility for myself. Katie, I can't do this again. I'd die if I see you like that again. His eyes filled with sorrow. He clutched his cannellini beans like they were his heart. She hugged him and she pulled away, giving air to the partially squished cannellini beans. She said, I think we need to go to the toiletry section and buy you some tissues. The shopping filled several carry bags and cost a great deal. She offered to contribute, but her father joked to the checkout assistant. You can tell she's a student. She waits until dad has pulled the credit card. Katie didn't laugh. Let me pay too. You're making me look selfish. The checkout assistant shifted in her seat. I'm just playing, honey. Her dad said and looked to the cashier and said humorously, modern day women, they always want to pay half. Katie rushed to pay with her credit card, but her dad pushed her hand away. I want to do this. Knowing you have good food for at least a week will help me sleep. Can you believe she was living off tuna and cans of mixed vegetables? The checkout assistant giggled, flushed red and said, I'd laugh, but I eat the same. I'm a student. He bellowed a laugh and cried. You too. Well, you must come to dinner around ours. Katie, give her your address. Dad, the poor woman probably doesn't want to accept an invitation from a strange big bear. The girl accepted Katie's lifeline and said, I'd love to, but I'm working late tonight. Then when I'm next in, I'll drop off some pizza compate. It helps you get through the day. It's full of carbs, stated Katie. The checkout assistant giggled and said, Well, mister. Alexandra, he answered, and he held out his hand. Shaking his hand, she said, That would be lovely. Katie rolled her eyes. As they left the supermarket, she said, You're old enough to be a dad. Hey, what's wrong with being nice? This is the problem with Britain. You talk to women and people think you're chatting them up, eh? I was brightening up her day. Hmm, okay, Dad. Let's get back and start cooking. They returned to the house. Katie's father's voice echoed down the hallway. We're home. Be ready in an hour. The music upstairs turned down and then resumed full blast. Benny popped his head out of the TV room and said, Whoa, you brought Lowe's. Do you want a hand? She replied, It's okay. I've loaded Dad up with the bags. He thinks it's a workout. They went straight to work, washing and preparing all the ingredients. They were making homemade margarita di Napoli and lasagna napolitana. To her father's protest, they'd brought Italian ice cream. He'd wanted to make savoliatella pastry, but she'd argued it would take too long. The sun was setting and the light shining through the single glazed, mould-ridden windows was fading. He tried the light switch by the door and said, I'll check the fuse board. Don't bother, Dad, look. And she pointed to the light fitting in the ceiling. No bulbs, her dad said, frustrated. Benny entered the kitchen and said, yeah, as tribe wants to save money, we can't use the lights in the evening. 
What are you, bats? How are you meant to cook? We're meant to cook during the day. Don't worry, I have some candles. From his cargo trousers, he pulled three. Benny, you're a good man. Astride. Le brace corte. Katie translated. She's got short arms, meaning she can't reach into her deep pockets. He laughed. In candlelight, they used a few kitchen utensils to complete two dishes. Katie's father proudly made the lasagna, while she prepared the pizza. She made the dough base herself. The pizza was the first to go into the oven. That was their starter. She imagined the warm crunch of the crust and the taste of tomato, basil and olives wrapped in cheese. But whilst watching him chop the herbs, a wave of guilt hit her. This is one big carb feast. Carefully sprinkling the cheese on the lasagna, he replied, Honey, carbs make the curves and women pop. It's men who have to watch it. Dad, a fat curvy woman is not attractive. Katie, a woman with curves is sexy. Sophie Loren is gorgeous. And don't get me started on Nigella Lawson. A woman who can cook and looks like a goddess. Now that's something. This is the first time I've fitted into a size nine. I want to keep it that way. Honey, you look good at any weight. Don't become unhealthy. There's one thing looking good for a billboard, another looking good for your man. Two separate things, my dear. It's only women that buy magazines with skinny models. What do you think men buy? She drew a blank. They buy men and motor magazines with busty, curvy sallies on the front, huh? Katie laughed and snorted too. Benny returned to the kitchen and Katie's father said, Benny, you know what I'm talking about. You like a woman, you can cuddle her. Smiling, he replied, of course, walking through my bedroom is a maze of men and motor magazines. You see, he said, shrugging his shoulders. Katie's father fetched a dining cloth from his car and laid it over the table. Next to a bottle of Italian wine, he placed the candles in its centre. Pulling out the chairs, he insisted that everyone sit. Then he bellowed up the stairs, Madam, your presence is requested. The music turned down and there was a sound of creaking floorboards. A girl appeared and dwelled at the top of the stairs. Oh my, a witch! Or are you a wizard, he cried humorously. The girl who wore a short black dress with a thin striped long t-shirt replied, Witch today, wizardess tomorrow. She removed a tall black pointy hat and asked, What's for dinner? Theatrically, he answered, My lady, come and see. Katie's father pulled a chair out for her next to Benny. Before she sat, she glanced around the kitchen and said dryly, It's clean. That's a first. He said, How can you tell? There's no light bulbs. I see in the dark. So can Sammy. She's a cat. The atmosphere grew mildly awkward. Katie hadn't had any prior conversation with either of them. She'd left it to the last minute to find accommodation for her last year. In desperation, she asked the student union to help her. They managed to find a couple of others in her situation. And together they rented the last remaining student house, opposite the university, overlooking a busy dual carriageway. The house shook and shuddered. Gripping the table comically, he said, An earthquake? The girl dressed as a witch answered, No, a lorry. I feel like I'm in a hammock when I sleep at night. That reminds me of when I was in the Navy. What's your name, my dear? Astride. That's unique. Mine is Alessandro. I'm Katie's father. Laughing to herself, she said, I guess that. Thanks for making us dinner. <clears throat> Katie coughed. With a proud look, he replied, of course, Katie helped too. Astride replied, oh, I've never seen her cook anything else then. Tuna and canned mixed vegetables, cried Katie's father with laughter. Katie tutted and said, right. Dad, serve my pizza first. He cut the pizza into strips. Tomato Roma filled the tight box room. Serving from the left, he placed two slices on each plate. Their eyes widened and stomachs rumbled. Was that you or me? Astride asked. It was me, laughed Benny. Another rumble sounded. That was me, laughed Katie. You're all playing an orchestra, said Katie's father. They laughed together. They devoured the pizza. Astride dissected hers in an unusual fashion. She ate the toppings, then the cheese and finally the base. Benny ate with his hands, and when he bit a slice, a large section of cheese slipped from the top and smacked his chin. 
Katie chose to nip like a mouse carefully around the edges. Mr. Peruzzi bellowed a laugh and said, neither of you could have tea with the Queen. Before the lasagna was served, he served them white wine and jam jars, which Astride had hoarded to save money. Sipping the wine, they talked. The conversation was mainly between Benny and Katie. Astride watched calmly. Loosened from the second jar, Katie asked, So, Astride, have you read Twilight? She replied, Yeah, of course. It got me into vampires. Katie's father scratched his head. What are you reading now? asked Katie. Oh, now I'm into unicorns and strangely goblins. I think they've had a bad rap. They're actually not that bad. Oh, said Katie's father. You should read up about Monticello. He might make you rich and you can buy some light bulbs, eh? Her eyes brighten. The little monk from Naples who can lead you to treasure. I think he's been avoiding me. It's good for the environment to keep the light switched off. You know of him? That's wonderful, Katie's father said with delight. There was a short silence and Katie asked, I've seen you carrying a yoga mat. Do you do it? Surfing her jar with her finger, she answered. Yes, with meditation. There's no way I could have reached my final year without it. I'd like to do that with you. I need a way to relax that isn't getting wasted. Okay, but what's in it for me? Asked Astray casually. Oh, I thought you might just teach me. I hardly know you. You've not talked to me all year, and now we're all having dinner, and you're asking me to hang out. Why? Benny interjected. Katie, Astray doesn't know either. Katie paused. She realised that she lived almost a whole year in a house and hadn't made an effort with them. She said, I'm sorry. I've been too caught up on myself. I should have been a better housemate. Astride, I know you're studying graphic design, but would love to be a writer. I know you love reading fantasy novels, so I'll share my story with you. And if you like it, you can share with me how you de-stress. You seem chilled. The flames flickered a shadow across Astride's face. Her purple lipstick lips smirked and she combed a strand of dyed purple and grey hair behind her ear and said in a condescending manner, You have a story? You're a party girl. You girls never read books. Benny's eyes darted between the two girls, and he held his breath. Katie said sarcastically, Well, you of all people should know not to judge a book by its cover. Nodding like a boxer accepts a good punch, Astride said, Touché. Okay, let's hear it. More jam jars were sunk. Katie went into depth about her experience in Festavia. For a couple of hours, Katie's story captivated her audience. They listened intently because she told a story of passion and energy. Often Benny was taken aback. He couldn't believe what was coming out of her mouth. Katie's dad frequently erupted into fits of laughter, then anger. He wanted to strangle the character looks. Even though she must have been tipsy, Astride sat poised and restrained, watching Katie's lips move at rampant pace. To her, it was like listening to an audiobook on speed times two. Towards the end, Katie's father welled up in tears. She stopped and said, Well, that's an overview. There's a lot more, but it would take ages to explain. Benny said, That is some dream, Katie. I really like Lynx. He sounds fun. He was. But the strange thing is, I don't think it was a dream. All the people I've met, I've never met anyone like them before. I'm not imaginative enough to have made them up. I really felt like that if I didn't wake up, I wouldn't have come back. Astride silently processed what she heard. She was open to spirituality, but she also liked to follow rationality. Benny, an undergraduate physicist, did not offer an answer either way. The wine had run out and Katie's father became sobbing and emotional. Astride stood up and said, I hate to say this, but let's play some cheese to welcome Katie back. I'll fetch my speakers and my reserve bottle of tequila, Benny asked. Reserve? Promptly, she returned and placed her Bluetooth speakers and tequila on the table. Looking at her phone, with a large crack on the screen, with fairy and unicorn stickers on the back, she pressed play. Informer by Snow blared out. Benny, delighted, said, 
what an oldie. Katie's father said, this is my era. And he tried singing the lyrics, but could only manage the chorus. Everyone giggled. With his strong Italian accent, he exaggerated the chorus again, and Katie snorted. Ashai said, let's get ready. And she held out a jam jar. They clinked them, and in one go, they downed them. All but Astride and Katie's father coughed and spluttered. Reading the age label, Katie's father said, My, my, not bad. Don Fulano de Kilo Blanco. Very nice. Stoking the fire, Astride poured another round. The next morning came. Drunk, Katie had retired in the early hours back to her bedroom. She'd left the door open and was awoken by Benny whizzing past. Benny, are you okay? She said from under her covers. He replied whilst running down the stairs. I'm going to be sick. Shortly after, retching echoed back up. Awoken again, she heard a vroom. Housework? He must be feeling better. Above the humming, she heard a rattle of the front door and then a clink. After several shakes, it opened. A loud, posh female voice echoed down the hallway and up the stairs. It's a wonderful property. Lucky for you, you are looking early because of its location, it will be leased quickly. Several heavy footsteps herded into the hallway. Who's that, she thought. The humming stopped and she heard a shrieking. Ooh! Wrapping her duvet around herself, she walked down a few steps and peered down. A horrified, smartly dressed woman with three curious students faced a quivering Benny, who was dressed only in his old, overused grey boxer shorts. In one hand, he clutched a hoover hose and he used the other to conceal his dignity. The woman jumped again when Katie's father appeared from the TV room. His hairy chest on full display and wearing only jeans, he squeezed between the doorframe and he bellowed rhythmically. Benny, ha! Huh, why use the hoover to suck up your sick? Benny wanted a scarper, but the way to his bedroom was blocked, so instead he legged it to the bathroom in the kitchen. Katie's father, leaning on the doorframe, said calmly, He's a shy boy, and he patted his stomach and said, I'm sure you've seen this all before, huh? The woman was aghast. Controlling her laughter, Katie shouted, I guess you're here for the viewing. Yes, Benjamin said 10am was okay. She pulled her duvet up higher. Sorry, we had a random late night. Can you give us 30 minutes? She agreed. The housemates and a fully dressed Alessandro travelled across the road to the student union canteen. The first few mouthfuls of a full English breakfast injected life into their worn out, hungover bodies. The canteen served up vast quantities of the meal to hordes of ravenous, zombified students. She rested her head in her hands and rubbed her eyes. She glanced around. There were several groups of students clustered around circular plastic tables, wearily peeking out from hoodies, picking out and wolfing down their food. Hey, does anyone want my hash brown? Benny asked. Katie's father replied, Your belly is still locked in a scrum, huh? Hash browns. Why did the British love this? Every Mediterranean country you go, there's always a restaurant feeding the burnt British a full England. Why not have a Safatello and cappuccino? Benny said, because Alessandro. We have class. And he placed the hash brown on Alessandro's plate and said, Here, you're a growing boy. Alessandro roared with laughter and rose high above the muffled conversations in the room. Katie scrunched her eyes and cried, Dad! He said, Ah, Benny, I like you. He then inspected his own forearms and said, Ah, salt all over the table. Students do this in my restaurant. Why can't they eat like normal people? Astride smirked and said, Because they're warning off their drunk spirits. Ha. Well, I can't be working. Without fail, they summon them all week, he said, wiping his arms with a napkin. Katie sped read a message. Guys, I better go. I've got to meet Bradley in the library. With a mouthful, her father mumbled. He's a good man. He'll sort you out. Yeah, he's a sweet boy. Thanks for last night, everyone. It was good to hang out. Astride said, 
It's good there's no longer a stranger in our house. Do you want a map to the library? Katie raised an eyebrow, then stood up and replied, No, to get a bird's eye view, I'll just borrow your broom. Nodding, she replied, Very good. Your wit continues to surprise me. Katie smirked. Benny pulled out a chair and stood up. He marched towards her and pulled her in for a hug. Over his shoulder, she gave the others a baffled look. When he pulled back, he said, You're cool. It's good to know you now. Taken aback, she said, I guess I made a good first impression. When I get back, we can all finish that pizza. Her father glowed. She kissed his cheek and hugged his large head. He insisted to see her in a few days. A unanimous vote from the table concluded that apparently, big chef bears are welcome to stay on the couch anytime.